Get ready for BSR Annual Conference from the 24th to the 26th of April in Liverpool and online. Be one of over 2,000 rheumatology professionals enjoying three days of learning and networking. Join the award-winning hybrid conference in person or join us online and secure access to all the talks on demand for a further six months. If you're looking for inspiring content for the whole MDT, secure your place at BSR24. Head to rheumatology.org.uk forward slash BSR24 or Google BSR24. You're listening to the Talking Rheumatology Careers podcast, brought to you by the British Society for Rheumatology. everyone and welcome to the Rheumatology Careers podcast. My name is Anastasia Madenidou and I'm a Rheumatology Registrar and Clinical Research Fellow in Greater Manchester. Today we are talking about choosing and getting the right consultant job. It is a great pleasure to be joined today by two consultants from Manchester, Dr. Lisa Waters and Dr. Pippa Watson. So welcome Lisa and Pippa. And to start off, could you please tell us a bit more about yourselves? Yeah, thanks so much. So I'm Lisa Waters. I'm a consultant rheumatologist and I also do acute medicine. So um, I work at um, Withenshaw Hospital um, with Pip here, who is um, my good colleague. And um, we're part of uh, Manchester Foundation Trust. So hi, everyone. I'm Pip Watson. So I'm a rheumatology consultant. I've been a consultant for over 10 years now, actually, I I realised. So I've been involved in choosing my own consultant job and in recruiting other people to consultant jobs, including Lisa. I also have an interest in education and I actually spend a a day a week working for the British Society of Rheumatology as a digital editor. And I also spend a day a week working for Manchester Medical School, where I'm the associate lead for year four. That's great. Thank you very much. So just to start with some basics, so when you should start preparing for a consultant job? Yeah, so I think this is quite a hard one because I think really you should start preparing from the moment you start your training programme in some ways because I think you really need to think about where you want to be, um, you know, in five or, or ten years. So I think early on is good just to get a feel for teams and see what you appreciate um, in, in your working life. I think in terms of like the absolute nitty gritty, I would say the kind of like last 12 months before you're ready to apply or, or, or CCT. So, you know, I think, yeah, it can be, it depends on the person really, but I think just get a feel um, early on as to, um, you know, the kind of team that you want to work for. And I think therefore you can kind of guide your CV a bit as well. So if you know that certain services have a slight gap and um, it may be that that's something you want to focus on if you particularly want to work, work in a place I don't know what you think Pip yeah no I, I I agree I think the other thing is that we all have certain periods in our life when we're busy don't we so sometimes that's because you know you're getting married or you might be having a child or something else in your, in your family life um, or it might be that you're doing exams such as your um, specialty exams so I think it, it's trying to almost plot throughout your training when are going to be your periods of time when you're going to be able to invest a little bit in your CV and I think you probably can't do that earlier enough Um, and certainly I think the practice of sharing a CV with your educational supervisor and asking for feedback on that CV right from the get-go is is a good Mm. practice and then I think as you're getting towards the end of your training 
I'd really recommend looking at a job advert for a consultant job mm. and thinking, well, what are the headings? And then I try to put the same headings in my CV and then it becomes really apparent if there's one area where you've perhaps got less than in the other areas. And you know for the, the consultant application that certain things will come up. So just trying to make sure you've got something in all of those kind of key areas, I think is, is really important. And just asking for advice and just taking opportunities when they come, because, you know, one year you might have a supervisor who's really interested in something and gives you an opportunity to do a great QI project, or, you know, they've got an interest in education that you can piggyback on and do some more training in that area. So I think it's really just being on the on the lookout for opportunities, but having a think about when in your training, you've got time for things, as well as when the opportunities are likely to come up. That's great advice. But Obviously, you are both very organized and I feel more stressed after with what you said. So because sometimes I think, um, talking more about myself, you know, you move to different hospitals and you may like a specific service or you get interested in a specific disease. So how do you actually communicate this? Do you start talking to people about, oh, I'm thinking about working here maybe in three years time? Just a bit more about the practicalities. Yeah, so I think that's a really good question. And I think it's um, almost like the elephant in the room, I think, when you're coming towards the end of your training. So I think, you know, I know now, having been a consultant for a few years, that of course, consultants talk and they and they know, you know, which trainees are, are coming up. And so I think I would say now, be brave. I don't think I necessarily was. Um, and I was fortunate that w- the way it worked out that I ended up in, in the hospital I wanted to be in. But I think be brave and tell the people. And, and you know, if they're the kind of people you want to work with, then they'll tell you if it's not a good fit. And I think just picking up on a, on a point Pip made, one thing I found really useful through the whole of my five years plus of training was to have a kind of one mentor that you really kind of trusted in and could cr- kind of guide you on that. And I think, you know, people will know if you're not the right fit for a certain hospital so I would just say chat to people don't be afraid you know and also don't put too much pressure on yourself but yeah I think just be honest really with with where you want to work and I think it, it's just about having a, a regular conversation that's not necessarily about well I've done this many CVDs and I'm on track with this but actually having a conversation with your educational supervisor and or anyone else that you get on with within a team and just sort of talking about what you like doing and what you are doing and just sort of getting a bit of feedback and just listening and kind of learning to read the room isn't it in terms of, mm. of jobs and things but I think I um, so I actually trained in the Cambridge Deanery and then moved up to Manchester for my consultant job so I was slightly strained because I didn't really do any of that sort of sowing the seeds when I was a registrar but I think having been a consultant now I would definitely encourage people to do that and I don't you don't need to sort of bang on about it but I think letting people know that you might be interested and actually sort of proactively saying well what would you be looking for in a Mm. consultant in the future is sometimes really good because often departments will have a gap or a particular need for for a certain type of skill and actually if you are someone who's quite malleable as lots of us are actually as rheumatologists then you could potentially be sort of tailoring yourself a little bit towards that so my take-home message from what you said is mentorship so we need guidance uh, in terms of our cvs about how we fit in a team so that's quite important to have people on board to support you through through the way no that's very interesting and uh, you said that you were training another deanery and you're now uh, in Manchester so I think that's that can be quite scary because, okay, if you have been a, re- a registrar in a department, you know how things work, you know the people. I think sometimes you feel after being a registrar in a place, oh, well, that's a good place, I could work there. But, you know, moving from one dinner to the other, 
how do you make this decision? Yeah. It did feel like a bit of a gamble, but I I think when you're choosing your consultant job, as I did over 10 years ago now, there are lots of different things to take into account, aren't there? And I think actually geography was quite important for me and I really wanted to move a bit further north to where my family are. So it kind of made sense for me to move on from Cambridge, having been very happy there as a trainee. And then, so then you're in the situation of, of, of looking for a job. And I think when you're at that stage of actually thinking about applying for jobs, doing your homework is so important. It's a really big decision, isn't it? I think it, it is easier to move now as a consultant than it used to be. It did used to be completely a job for life and it doesn't mm. have to be now. Yeah, but it is, a, it is a big decision and, you know, you wouldn't, well, most people wouldn't marry someone having just met them, for example. So I think it's just sort of, so I was really quite diligent about my visits. Um, so I had a couple of trips up to Manchester you know, before the interview, I made a point of meeting lots and lots of different people that had worked in hospital and were working there. I met all the allied healthcare professionals. I really kind of asked around about jobs, about training, about different consultants that I was going to be working with. So I, I, I did a lot of homework and then essentially it's, it is a little bit of a, a leap of faith, isn't it, when you do these things? But, exactly. um, but I, I've been really lucky and I do think even just meeting somebody face to face, you get a feel for what they're like and your kind of shared values and things. And so I think going in person, which hopefully is now getting easier again after COVID is really, really important. I think you can't quite connect with someone in the same way on a Teams call. And I think actually going, getting your feet on the ground, walking around the departments, getting a feel for how it works, you know, do the AHPs and the secretaries feel like part of the team? Um, is everyone kind to each other? Do they have a bit of a laugh? Is it going to be somewhere where you're going to feel at home? And I think that environment's probably different for different people, but I, I felt like the hospital where we work was a good fit for me at the time. So I'm hearing that you met quite a lot of people, clinicians, a lot of health professionals. So my question is, how many visits are enough? Thanks, Anastasia. In terms of visits, I think it's helpful to think of it in two different ways. The first is visits to work out whether or not you want the job if you've worked somewhere before you might know this already but if you haven't I think it is reasonable to visit before applying to meet the team get a feel for the hospital and the department and think whether it possibly could be the right job for you then I think it's a question of applying and if you are shortlisted then it becomes really really important to visit and to meet as many members of the panel as possible hopefully everybody and get their perspectives on the job and the team and the hospital and you know what they're looking for in the ideal candidate. Even more broadly than the panel, I'd recommend, especially if you don't know a hospital or a department, meeting different members of the team, so allied healthcare professionals, perhaps somebody from pharmacy, anyone else that you think might be relevant, other people that work in the medical team, registrars, anyone that might be able to give you an insight into the role and you know any sort of particular challenges or things that are current for the hospital at the moment. It does make sense to be as efficient as possible because everyone's busy. So perhaps you know try and combine visits. And in this day and age, sometimes these might be on teams, particularly if there's a geographical sort of distance between you. But I would recommend people to visit in person um, at least once and and just get get the feel for for the department. And in terms of preparation for the interview, I was advised uh, to shadow a manager towards the end of my training. Did you do something similar or would you advise us to do so? Yeah, it's an interesting question. I, I didn't specifically do it purposefully for the interview, but I think in my final year, I 
probably got more of an insight because I did the Chief Registrar Leadership Programme and I think that did allow me a lot more to have a lot more awareness of how a hospital functions. So I think that's a great idea really to, to, to think like that and, and, and to give that a go because the more information and the more understanding of, of, of the team you've got has got to be good for the interview. So yeah, I think that's, yeah, I didn't, but I think that's a great idea. I think it's also something that would stand you in good stead as a new consultant because I think there are lots of things that you suddenly have to do when you become a consultant that you've never done before as a registrar and depending on your preparation, maybe haven't prepared that well for. Uh, things like job planning, you know, running a service, dealing with waiting list targets and various other challenges. Um, and so I think the more you can understand the system, the more you will interview and come across as a kind of mature person who's ready to take that extra step up in terms of responsibility. Lovely. And Bibi, you said that you're now involved in the recruitment of consultants. So any advice, you know, from this role of the recruiter? So um, so I was a specialty lead in our trust for three and a half years, so I'm not anymore, so I've just stood down. But during my time, I did recruit a couple of consultant colleagues. And I think what I would say is that it's all part of the process. So if you're working in a hospital and you think you might want to work there, your your behaviours and your attitudes throughout the post will be noted. And, you know, if you reach out to me and say, oh, I might like to come and work in your trust, that all of that interaction is part of the process. So it's being yourself, it's being sort of open and honest, being friendly. And I think just really being being inquisitive as well and showing a, a willingness to think beyond doctors and rheumatology. So I think what I was impressed by was people who thought about the nurses in our team and how we could develop them, thought about how does rheumatology sit within the hospital, thought about actually what's the role of acute medicine in, in integrating us into the whole hospital. So it, as a consultant, you ideally want someone who's able to think of that bigger picture. And so I think it's really about thinking beyond rheumatology and yes, of just being friendly and outgoing and, and inquiring. And, and again, there's no silly questions to be asked at all. And I think it's it's really important to get as good a feel as you can for a job even before you apply for it. And I think you should come to the interview knowing whether or not you want the job or not, if that makes sense. So I think it should mm. always be, you're always there because you want that job. Yeah. Exactly. I think something we notice as well about trainees is, is being proactive, isn't it? Because as consultant colleagues, we want people who are going to help develop the service. And, and you do notice that, don't you? So I think, you know, if, if it's somewhere you, you want to work, you know, just have a think about trying to do that QI project and, and really help with things. Um, I think that yeah, that really helps um, your position, really. Yeah. So preparation and proactivity, these are the key features. Yeah. Lovely. And Lisa, I would like to ask you a bit about general medicine because mm, you are course, uh, yeah. you do yeah. both acute medicine and rheumatology. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's more challenging in terms of getting prepared for a, a consultant interview. Did you have at the same panel both rheumatologists and acute medics? Yeah. So um, it, they the clinical lead at the time for acute medicine was on on the panel, the same one um, with Pip and, and and the other members. And to be honest, I didn't really. I was more focused on the rheumatology side of things. Um, but actually, interestingly, because I started as a consultant in 2019 and then COVID came within six months and I'd never really planned to do a lot more acute medicine, but it just happened that I, I got redeployed at that point. And um, as a result of that, I think um, I got to know a lot more of the uh, acute medical team. And now I'm the clinical lead for the same day emergency care department uh, in acute medicine. So I didn't really do too much research, to be honest, into the acute medicine side of it. I suppose I kind of 
saw that the rheumatology was my speciality and that perhaps was the, the thing I really wanted to focus on. Maybe I should have done a bit more research, but um, it, it's been fine. It's worked out um, very well. And I, I really like my job plan as well. So I do two ward rounds or ambulatory sessions a week um, in uh, my job plan. And then I get one leadership uh, PA, which is in acute medicine. And then I do two rheumatology clinics. And I'm really grateful for that mix, actually. Because um, if you'd have asked me when I first started as a trainee, I perhaps thought that I might want to lose the acute medicine. But actually, it's been, I've really enjoyed it. It's opened up lots of opportunities for me. I think it's worth seeing as well that there are lots of different ways to work in rheumatology and medicine, aren't there? Mm. Different models of you know, yeah. whether you work on an acute medical unit, whether you contribute to care on a ward. Um, and it's really worth exploring the different ways that different consultants work and thinking about what might work best for you. And I know Rick's podcast that he did, Anastasia, on working in rheumatology and medicine is a really good one just to explore some of the benefits of, of medicine as well. So I'd just give a shout out for that. Yeah, thank you, Pip. And I think I ran out of questions, probably because, you know, I haven't been in a consultant interview, so I don't really know. But mm. to ask, is there anything else you would like to add before we wrap up? Yeah, so I would just say, you know, to um, trainees out there, it's your moment at the moment, you know, there's lots of jobs. And I think the best piece of advice that I was given, which Pip touched on earlier is, you know, it's like choosing your life partner, just try and choose a job where you know, you're going to get on with people. That would be my um, top tip, really. I think the people you work with is, is absolutely key. I agree. And I think it can be a really stressful time. But I think it, it will all work out. And I think probably maybe just trying not to leave too much to the last minute and I think it's easy to see that now I'm sure I probably did at the time but I think if you if you are able to just sort of prep start prepping a CV if you're in your sort of registrar years just add to it every year even if it's not the finished article then at least you've got something um, to work with haven't you do you need to cut and paste into applications and things yeah. and um, and yeah it's a great job and it is it is a buyer's market at the moment so you're in a, you're in a good position if you're looking for a job and 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 again just a plug for moving around it's not necessarily it, it feels a little bit more risky at the time but i think it can really pay off and i think there are advantages to working in a different area and particularly if you've got an interest sometimes if you are keen to pursue that interest then you might need to move in order to have mm. the you know the opportunities yeah. that you want to do that so uh, obviously people have other ties but if you are able to be a bit flexible I think from a career point of view that sometimes can be beneficial yeah mm, that's great all all great advice I feel a bit stressed <laughs> I need to start preparing oh, I, think. <laughs> I do remember that feeling and yeah. I think it's normal to feel like that but you know it's yeah it, it, it'll all be fine uh yeah lovely so that's great thank you very much Lisa and Pip, for your time and all your wisdom. Thank you. And thank you also to all our listeners. And please follow us on Twitter and listen to more podcasts from the Rheumatology Careers podcast. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Talking Rheumatology Careers, brought to you by BSR. Please do rate, share and subscribe through your favourite podcast app.